So I turned around. I said, hey, sir, I'll ask you a question. This God, does he love people? Yes, he loves people. I said, then why does he say in his book, kill the Christians? I'm a people, but I'm a Christian. Turned around and he said to me, have you never heard about radical love? I said, radical love? He says, radical love is when you will kill for your God. <gasps> the Holy Spirit hit me again because I'm not that wise. I said, sir, you've got it totally wrong. Radical love. Radical love is not when you will kill for your God. Radical love is when your God comes down and kills himself so that we can love. That's radical love. Love key. That's Jesus. Welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're so grateful for friends in ministry. It is my privilege now to introduce our speaker today. And um, I've, I had an interview with him during lockdown, heard his testimony and some of the stuff he's done. Brother Harvey has told me some amazing things about him. He comes all the way from Bloemfontein. Anybody from Bloemfontein? I say, Ali Chitas. Vazi Chitas. Okay. So, um, for those online from America, it's going to take too long to explain. Um, so, we, we are very privileged to have him here today. He, he comes from a ministry based in uh, Bloemfontein, Pastor Elisee. Did I say that right? from Ivory Coast Church, um, and he heads up their evangelism leg, which has now become a full-fledged ministry on its own. Um, he goes into the places where no one else wants to go, preaches the gospel, sees God move powerfully. He's got amazing testimonies and stories. I'm sure he's going to share some of them today. Will you please help me welcome Israel Taylor? Come on. Hello, Tani. <laughs> Amen. Well, donkey. Thank you so much. And uh, shout hallelujah for Jesus. Amen. Yes. Jesus is Lord. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And we give Him the glory and the honor. And uh, I'm going to try my best um, these last days. Sorry for my voice. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I was shouting at sinners to repent and to turn back to Jesus. That's what we do. Amen. We don't have beautiful stages like these. We have a tracker vans. What do you call that in English? Well, just Google it in any case. So we are so thankful to God. We go out there to places where nobody wants to go uh, because Jesus said he's not going to come back until everybody's heard. Hallelujah. And uh, it's a great privilege for me. So I just want to firstly say thank you so much, um, Heinz and Aleta, for, yes, yes, uh, uh, for, for allowing me to come and speak here. And it's a, it's a great privilege. But I want to turn to Jesus um, just to tell you that I believe I cannot put a day or an hour on it, but I believe that Jesus is close. And, and I believe His coming is soon. 
And that's why I just want to give Him the glory. I want to praise God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the precious Holy Spirit. Now, in the free state, we call Him Moya or Halalelang. His name is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And, and, and we see people coming to Jesus. We see people being delivered. In the name of Jesus, we cast those demons out. And we get people free. And Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes, because the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord was upon Him. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of the Lord was the one to set the captive free, to heal the brokenhearted. How many of you know that this is what we need now? People's hearts are broken. And people say there's no pull for it. Yeah, <laughs> the gospel. Yes, amen. Of Jesus Christ. He can set people free. Amen. And he can heal the broken. Wow, I just, this, just this weekend, we had um, a group of children coming in. And uh, just, Jesus, praise you. Whatever I say this morning, it's just going to be messed up, okay? I'm not a teacher like Heinz. I'm an evangelist, okay? Uh, we just go as the Holy Ghost says, just draw, throw in those nets. And um, I laugh when I was there at Platteland the other day, you know. Platteland, we've got the burra there. And uh, the burra are sometimes, uh, they like God, love on Jesus. But we don't talk about the Holy Spirit, you know. That's how they, and I was laughing at, a, at one of these farmers at a place where we were. Even my friend was sitting next to me before I had to come up and speak. My friend next to me started laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> there was a bit of an atmosphere in the room. You know, because all the wives invited their husbands to go to this meeting. I mean, they threatened them with divorce if they don't go, you know. So they, they went there. And uh, I just remember this. My friend sitting next to me, and he just started chuckling. And I asked him, what's wrong? And he said to me, man, I'm so glad I'm not the guest speaker tonight. <laughs> well, I said, neither do I. The Holy Ghost is just going to use my lips. You watch and see. Listen to this testimony. There came a man in front. Uh, like a like a fresh start burra, he walks up to me. And I could see this guy looks a bit angry, so you hold your distance a bit, you know. So I was like, "Hi, Uchanet," and he's like, "Oh, I just want to come. I just wanted to come tell you something." I said, "What?" He said, "You know, your the preaching was amazing until you made that altar call thing you guys do." He said, "I got so angry." He says, "I wanted to jump in my Land Cruiser." You guys know what a Land Cruiser is in Cape Town, right? It's, it's like, yeah, okay, the farmers love it, uh, especially there by us. And, and, and he was like, Land Cruiser, I wanted to get in and drive. I said, yes, and then what happened? He said, when I wanted to get up, I couldn't stand. He says, I felt the presence of God on my legs. And I was like, I said, and then what happened? He said, then you made the altar call. I said, yes. He says, then I felt something push me in front. He says, and when I looked again, I was under the, under the power of God on the floor. In front. I said, and then, started backing off a bit. He said, yeah. he says, and then, the power, the love, the peace, you know. So I said, okay, so what are you doing here? He says, no, come see a donkey. Grab my hand. He goes. So listen, the places where we preach the gospel, I'm talking about a Jesus that really has risen from the dead. And if you're here this morning and you're serving Jesus just because your mother told you to. That's good, but it's not good enough. You need to meet Him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's why I want to praise Jesus for the Holy Spirit that's poured out in the last days upon all flesh. Because that's what changed my life. You cannot tell me you've met Jesus, but there's no change in your life. 
oh my God, when the Holy Spirit came upon me, the first thing that happened, it wasn't because my mom said, ek moet op zondag. I didn't want to anymore. Amen. There's a difference between must and don't want to. Yes. <sighs> I remember just now on Friday, had a, had a, had a school camp. A young boy of 10 years old. Listen, God, Jesus doesn't care about age. Amen. A 10-year-old boy came in front running to me. He said to me, so I want to see you after this meeting. So we're praying for the boys. Thank God their parents weren't there. I'll probably be in trouble on Monday when I get back to Bloom. But the power of God came upon these boys. And you know, these boys, they, they, they can't fake it, right? So, so you don't want to see the photos I showed Heinz, but that's it. And, uh, and the, the God was moving among the children. Uh, uh, boys running in front of 12, 13 years old. Sondar. I'm a sinner. And then people are like, uh, you know, the Christian is like, ah, oh, shame, come here, let me love you. No, the Bible says, John 16, verse 8, the Bible says, when the Spirit comes, He will, he will testify and convict us of sin. That's the first thing that needs to happen. If you don't know that you've fallen short of the glory of God, you won't be thankful enough for the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you. All right, let me try this side. So, what I was going to say is, listen, you guys got to help me, right? I preach to unbelievers all the time. I thought I'm coming to an exciting believer's place. Can I just say, just be a little bit. Come on, man. I'm going on holiday tomorrow for two or three days. Going to be with my... So this young man comes up to me after the service. And he weeps, 10 years old. I can see this boy is serious. He says to me, Worm, I've got these thoughts of killing myself. And I've planned it already. I know how to do it. He says, and if I don't meet Jesus, because I don't believe in this God that everybody tells me, forced to come to this camp. He says, Worm, what? If I don't meet Jesus, I'm going to do it. I said, okay, let's, let's do this because there were teachers and it was the first camp for that school. So we took him around the corner because I know what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on somebody. Amen. And we went around the corner. I said, now you call upon Jesus. I said, you ask Jesus. You say, Jesus, make yourself real. Within four seconds, that demon came out of that young boy. I mean, he jumped up there. He grabbed grabbed my leg and he was holding on to me donkey worm donkey worm donkey worm and I was like no 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 bro that was Jesus I, I can't do this I, he grabbed the mic in the evening service 10 years old in front of 175 children he grabs the mic 10 years old he goes guys I didn't believe in God they just told me about him but this morning I met him it says I believe in God in Jesus Christ I was like my God Maybe there's some of you here this morning. Uh, put on your seatbelt after the preaching. You run in front here, and if you're that boor, maybe with your Jeep or your Land Cruiser, you're not going anywhere. God's got an appointment with you this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm not, listen church, I'm not here. I've, I've checked Love Key. I've watched the preachings. I'm not here. I can't teach you anything. I'm an evangelist. I can't teach you anything. You guys have got a great leader. Leaders, great leaders. But I can remind you of some things this morning. Yes. I, that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to come and remind you. You see, the other day, some people, they say to me, can I, can I put my Bible here? Is that fine? You guys know I preach out of the Bible, okay? So I have a big one because we have thousands of people standing in front and I've got to tell them, Holy Bible, it's not that other book, it's the Bible. <laughs> and I, I remember the other day, I was, uh, 
You see, we go to places where nobody wants to go. We go to places where some of the areas, they don't have hospitals or clinics or anything in that area. I mean, then you can't come with your doctrine and your theology when somebody runs in front and says, I'm going to die in a couple of days. I've got this sickness. Then you don't argue about whether Jesus still heals or not. You don't do that. You get on your knees and you ask for mercy. And that's when you see the power of the Holy Spirit come through and set people free. It was like the other day. I was, uh, see, uh, I had the privilege to go preach at some other countries. And I, I just remember at this one country where I preached the gospel, the people came in front of me and said to me, wow, that sounds so awesome, this Jesus. But prove it. Because in that area, there's over 600,000 other gods that they worship. Wow. Which is actually demons, right? Yeah. That's when the Bible says... He will confirm his word with signs and wonders. Now, I've learned something. I've learned something. What is a signs and wonders? It's just a sign that's going to make them wonder. That's all. Especially like the other night when a lady came, had a stroke. Her whole left side paralyzed. She can't talk. She lived, she worked in Cape Town. They sent her back to Bloemfontein. I don't know why they sent them back to Bloemfontein. They sent her back to Bloemfontein. They said they can't do anything for her. She's lost her job. Send her back to her family. So here we are in phase six in a rural area in the free state. Just a stage, open air, speakers on. And they bring this woman out of a car. They carry her and they put her in the front seat. That's not good to start the crusade. Because everybody knows that we preach this Jesus that not only forgives, but heals, sets free, raises the dead. And everybody's waiting and I'm preaching. And everybody's waiting and I'm preaching. And one of my friends walk up to this lady, lays his hands on her. And the power of God comes upon her. That was the Thursday night. The Saturday we go to the pastor's church because we, we, we love to preach when we go and do evangelism. We work with the pastors in that area so that they can disciple the people afterwards. We throw in the nets, but we use the, the church's boat. And then we go, we are fly-by-nights. We catch them, leave them to pastors, go on. That's what the Bible says. So this lady, my friend, the Thursday, the Saturday, we, fin we finish the crusade, the open air. And uh, at one pastor, and, and the pastor says, anybody got a, a, a testimony from the, from the week's crusade? And here comes this lady running, grabs the mic, and she starts speaking. She's like, and she's explaining. I run to the pastor, I say, what's going on? Because the whole church is now erupted. And I run to the pastor, I say, pastor, what's going on? He looks at me and he says to me, that's the lady on Thursday night that had the stroke. Talk, yeah. Yeah. By the way, don't you think you send the people to Bluefontein? We send her back. She's got a job back in Cape Town. Hallelujah. And she's working again. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. 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 So we go to places. Listen, we've been to places where they told me you're not allowed to mention the name of Jesus. Where me and my pastor, we have open ears. Nobody stops us. Because that's where Jesus, because we're radical. 
Because the Bible says in Revelation 12 verse 11, this is how we will overcome him, him, not them, him, one enemy. We've got one enemy. It's Satan. And this is how we'll overcome him. He says, by the blood of the lamb. I promised my wife I'm not going to sing, but here we go. There is power, power, wonder working. Okay. All right. All right. I don't want to be in trouble when I get home tonight. And then he says, by the word of their testimony. And then the third one, they don't love their lives even unto death. And I was tested because, you know, you stand on the stage and you preach. I don't love my life. And then one day I was invited by a woman that works at the prisons. They took me to one of the prisons and they put me in a five, five by five room with the 11 most dangerous men in South Africa. Locked up. These guys have, they said they're going to rot in prison. They've got life sentence. Between the 11 of them, 48 murders in prison that they know of. And, and, and remember now, they are gangsters that don't like each other because they are the generals of the different gangs. So they say, this is the first time they're going to sit together. Well, I don't know if it was the first time then, but they, but they don't like each other. So I go in there with a lady that is powerful with God, eels alone, and with a psychologist. It's just the three of us with these 11 most dangerous men. You know what I felt? I've got to be honest with you. I walked in there. I felt Satan slapping me around and saying, what the hell are you doing here? I was so afraid. Yes. But then a boldness came upon me. It's called the Holy Ghost. And I said to myself, even if I die, thank you for the amens in front here. We'll try and, I, I don't know if the Holy Ghost needs to move. A, donkey, Tony, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please just fake it or do something. But, and here we are with these, here we are with these 11 men. And I walk in front of them, I say to them, hey, my name's Israel Taylor. And I'm probably the first guy that you're going to meet that's not afraid of death. Said, so you can tip on me, which means you can knife me. You can kill me. I said, you'll just do me a favor. Because for me, to be out of this body is to be present with the Lord. I said, and, and I've, got, I've got a policy on my wife's life. She can get herself another husband. She, he, even he will be sorted out. But I'm going back. I said, so before you kill me, I said, I want to tell you something. I said, just give me 10 minutes before you kill me, okay? I said, I want to ask you, where are you going? We started preaching on eternity. Started telling them, which I'm going to tell you this morning. You probably know it. I'm just going to remind you. Because there's people out there that don't know it. Yeah. And there are people dying out there. Yes. They don't know it. So I preached the gospel. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to me with the one guy. And I say to them, because the night before I went to these prisoners that were given life sentence, the Holy Spirit wakes me up at night. He says to me, Israel, do you know what's the difference between you and them that you're going to preach to tomorrow. I said, God, please tell me. Because I don't know why I should go to these guys. Murderers. Rapists. What do I say to them? God, tell them about hell. And then the Holy Spirit says, there's two things that differ between you and them tomorrow. I said, what, Lord? He says, they're going to have a, 
orange overall on. You'll have your blazer. I said, okay, which is fair. Number two says, they've been caught out. You've just never been caught out. But you're both guilty. What do you mean, Lord? It's a murderer. Sorry, Heinz. Just send me the account. Sorry, I get excited. eh? Is that okay if I get excited? I'm, I'm a firelighter. I'm not a firefighter. No, 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 no. So, so, so this, so this, uh, so, so, so we stand there and, and uh, where was I? In the prison. A guilty. So the Lord explains to me, says to me, in Luke chapter 23, there was Jesus on the cross. And there was a murderer. This guy got death sentence, not life sentence. Said, go ask these boys tomorrow. Says, go ask them what is worse, death sentence or life sentence. He says, well, you go tell them that my forgiveness goes so far that even a guy that got death sentence, I forgave him five minutes before he entered into eternity. So we're preaching this gospel. And they said in the answers, and I'm like, God, now the scripture comes to me, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. The gospel did not come in word only, but comes in power and in the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it's just mind. But when you get somebody that preaches the the gospel with the Holy Spirit, it hits the heart. And it changes people. Praise Jesus for the Holy Ghost. Praise Jesus for the Moya or Halalelang. Oh, glory. If you don't like him, I'll take him even more. Because your amen's not that good. But anyway, we get, and here we're preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden, while I'm talking to them, God hits in my heart. The Holy Spirit speaks a word of knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12. The spirit that gives word of knowledge. He says, tell that guy, I'm not going to mention his name. Tell that guy, I say he's not afraid of anything except that thing that chases him in his dreams. Now you must know within a split second, you've got 50,000 thoughts. Going, is this me or is it God? Because here yeah, you can't make a mistake. In the church, you'll have grace to prophesy. Not there. You don't have a chance. So I look at the guy and say, hey, sir. Holy Spirit's here and he just told me, you're not afraid of anybody. He looks around, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, except that thing that chases you in your dreams every night. Because there's a lot of ancestral worship. But Jesus is busy bringing the truth to our people. So the guy jumps up, he says to me, how did you know that? And he starts weeping. And I thought, okay, well, this has got to be the Holy Ghost. This is now a heavy gangster. I said, he says to me, can you get me free? I said, I can't, but Jesus can. He jumps up and says, well, pray for me. So, so I'm like, yo, I'll pray for you. My mouth is saying, I'll pray for you. In the name, I'm like, Jesus, my heart is like, Lord, don't leave me hanging here. I'm like, please, Jesus. So we lay hands on him, and I'm like, in the name of Jesus. And I just feel, there goes the guy's head. And I open my eyes, and he's under the power of God. And there he's lying, and he jumps up, and he's like, what just happened now? I said, I don't know, bro. You go speak to Jesus about that. I said, I said I, normally that happens when the Holy Spirit. And he was weeping and he's like, whoa, I felt the love. A bigger guy jumps up and says, what happened to him? And I'm like, uh, that was Jesus. He says, well, I also want to know if Jesus is real. He, I'm like, come here. He comes in front. I grab his hands and I'm like, Jesus, will you touch this guy? My heart's like, Lord, did you see how big this guy is? You know? I open my eyes, whoop, and the power of God hits him. He 
Mwenda masonde. And the power of God hits him. Thank you, Jesus. We run to the bathroom. The, after they had a touch of the Holy Ghost, there's nothing of a clean drop and a grow drop. They're like, what do we need to do? I said, repent and be baptized. They said, oh, there's a, there's a bathtub in the hospital of the prison. So here I walk down with seven of them. Everybody in prison is afraid of them. Everybody makes way. Here I'm coming with my Bible in between of them. And we go to the t- The one guy so tattooed, you know. And uh, they said when he was 12 years old, his father put a gun in his hand and said, that's how you make a living. Oh. Yeah. So that, that, everybody fears him. He's 26 years old. Ha! So I run to him. I said, you know the baptism, huh? It's uh, cleansing. You know the Holy Spirit when you go down? The Holy Spirit cleanses you. <laughs> that's why many people, unfortunately, are struggling still with sin because only their foreheads are cleansed. Yeah. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will wash you, cut you, get in from head to toe. So I tell that guy, hey, they stood for me. I said, yay, you know it's cleansing, right? He says, yeah. So, so you, I got to keep there a little bit longer under the water, huh? Big sinner, big sinner. This is like, I'm like, I'm not going to grab relax. All right, long story short. The guy that we prayed for, the Holy Spirit gave word for, that got touched by the Holy Spirit. He got life sentence. He's been in prison for 26 years and eight months. And he was going to die there. In August, Ilza phoned me and said, they've got him out on parole. The prison cannot contain him anymore. He's born again. He's changed. He's out of gangsters. He's out of drugs. Come on. Come on. That's just, okay, well, if you don't want to, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, oh, he's still doing it today. The guy that my friend that prayed for the lady that had the stroke, he's not even in ministry. He's a businessman. Four years ago, he came to a place in Bluefontaine where I was preaching. The church there said, we don't want this Holy Ghost thing, but people want to hear. So we'll just give you a room next to the main auditorium. I said, a room? said, yes. I said, that's all the Holy Ghost needs. Is the upper room. At that stage, I didn't know that that guy, I didn't know him then. He was flat out on drugs. He was a full-blown alcoholic. And he was on his way to commit suicide. And one of my friends that got touched by the Holy Spirit, born again experience, phoned him just before he was going to commit suicide. And said to him, you got to come on Sunday. He said, well, that's the last straw because he hit on his steering wheel and he said, God, why aren't you hearing me? And then the phone call came. This is what I heard afterwards. So my friend told him, you've got to come to this meeting. There's a crazy evangelist, brother. You just come and see what happens. He says he came in front after the preaching. When we laid hands on him, he calls it this way. He says, it was like a massive what is this stuff? vacuum cleaner. That came from heaven and just sucked up depression, sucked up the drugs. No, we 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 baptized that vacuum cleaner as Genesis. <laughs> it is the Holy Ghost. I mean, he's there also in the beginning. So the Bible says. So 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 my friend that day walked out. He said it was the first time he felt what joy and peace felt like. If you're here this morning, we're not gonna let you go. I'm pr- I was praying this morning to the Holy Spirit, saying, yes. even because 
Even the church people need it now. She can suck you. Jesus. You see, people say to me, Oh, Israel, he's speaking radical. You're too radical. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the day of judgment comes, Jesus is going to call me. He said, come suck for says funny bestas. You were too radical for me on it. Well, at church, I've got to keep myself in. But out there, the people want to know. Is Jesus real? Is Jesus real? So my friend was the one, the one that was the drug addict and alcoholic, suicidal thoughts. God, oh. The Bible says in Acts 26 verse 18, the Bible says the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he'll take you from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. And then open your eyes and you will have an eternal inheritance through faith in Jesus Christ that sanctifies you. My friend was sanctified and then he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he was the one that prayed. Listen to me. Don't wait for the pastor. Don't wait for the evangelist. The Holy Ghost wants to come upon all flesh. And if you believe that, shout hallelujah in Jesus' name. Okay, I thought that would get you going. But anyway, let's move on. I want to say to you this morning, I've got a burden in my heart. Now, some of you might get offended with what I'm going to tell you now. But it's truth. I want to say to you what I'm going to share with you now, and then I'm going to finish. And then we've got to pray quickly because there's a baptism service. Because that's where I got set free. You're looking at a man that had to watch pornography three to four times a day. One touch with the Holy Ghost under the water. When I came out, I was free. I thought I was going to be a Paul. I don't have to marry because it didn't bother me. After four years, God just made me in love with him. And then he sent me my wife. Because he said to me, if you want to go for me, he asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Not do you love me. Do you love me more than these? Because if God is on the throne of your heart and the Holy Spirit has touched you and you're in love with Jesus, anybody can walk out of your life. You've still got God and you'll forgive them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Bible says, come and taste and see. You know, when I came in here, it's my first time here. Uh, what is this place called? Something Vase. What is it? Uh, Somerset. Somerset Vase. I mean, I saw all these wine lands and these beautiful guest houses. Oh, my God, the guest houses. So I was like, I didn't even send photos to my wife. She'll be angry that I didn't bring her with. The guest house, you guys booked me in. Thank you so much. I was like, holiday. But I mean, you see these winelands, I just got to remind myself the whole time what uh, King Solomon said, you know, he said, your love is greater than wine. Your love is better than wine. I was set free. I'm set free of that. Because his love is, it's like sin can come. I'm like, no thanks. I've tasted better. How is it? Oh, I have to tell you this one. I'm so, I can so boy, stop me, okay? But, but listen. Here I'm at a, at a wedding the other day. People ask me to marry them. Can you believe Evangelist. Because they're like, Neri, throw us as duota. Come, come. I'm like, yo. So I, so, 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 so I marry this couple. I ma- I've got nothing, nothing against. Uh, I just say, just don't let alcohol become your God. And don't find your peace in it. And, 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 and I was saying, 
so, so, so after the, what, what do you call it? What is it? Reception. Yes, yes, yes. There where I preach. We don't have that vocabulary. Reception. And I'm sitting there and an the old man is sitting across. So the, 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 the couple gave each one, what are those small things? What do you call them? Uh, shooters or what do you call yeah yeah shooters zambu uh, so each one got one on their table so <laughs> i see this old man because i'm watching him with my eye and he and he swallows it it's like ah, and his friend is like yeah oh, so lucky. And, and now my glass is still full right i'm radical sorry i know you're not going to invite me back but it's okay <laughs> And he, he watches his friend. So I'm watching him with my eye and I'm talking to my wife. And all of a sudden he hits his friend and says, watch this. He goes, hey, Domini. And I'm like, yes, woman. He's like, okay, okay, my whatever. He says, I see your glass is still full. He says, yes, woman. He says, why? He says, oh, it's too light for me. It's too light. He looks at me and he's like, too light. So don't you know that this is, I get near blow some things on book. I get even, you didn't think sell your awesome. I said, well, my good still look for me. For those in America, too light for me. Oh, sorry, sorry. Satan in the name of Jesus. Charismatics, all this is mostly devils. So, so, it's mostly on son, then. So, it's four fathers, so. Are you with me? Yes. So yes, Jesus. And the other guy says, the Lachville. He's like, but this is what I said, well, it's too light for me. He says, so what did you drink? I said, John 7, verse 37. He says, what is that? He said, Jesus stood at that day at the temple and he said, come, those who are thirsty, and I shall give you living water. I said, he says, and it will flow from your innermost. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. I said, woman, by the way, tomorrow you wake up, Duck babalas. I said, and, and, and the money is finished because it's costing you. So your wife is here and your woman with Omo Cray and what Alice and that. And then it's just a big story. I said, me, I wake up, I'm still filled. I'm still drunk with the Holy Ghost. I said, and it's free. In Sutu, in Sutu, we call it Mahala. Somebody shout Mahala. It's a gift from God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. All right, let's get serious. I want to give Jesus the praise. Listen up. When I go out, I've learned something about Jesus. Out this 11 years full time by God's mercy, I've learned something. People are so focused on what they are going through, they don't focus on where they are going to. They don't live. Because Colossians 3 says, be heavenly minded. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. God does, not, God does not promise no problems, but He promises a peace that surpasses your understanding. And He gives you the power of the Holy Ghost to go through it with your eyes set on Jesus. But there's something. A lot of people ask me to come and talk about having a passion for the lost, a heart for the lost. Even that, God has to get the glory. Even that, He put a heart for the lost in my, in my heart. He gave me that new heart. It was him who stirred it up. Why? Because in 2014, then I'm going to try and wrap it up, okay? In 2014, I get this dream. I never knew the Bible. I was like, I was still seeking the Bible. I didn't know it the way I know it today. But I was seeking God. 
And this one night in 2014, I get a dream. Watch this. I see in the dream, I'm standing in a city. And here comes the sun and the moon comes together. The moon becomes red blood. And everybody around me starts shouting, yes, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I wanted to shout it also. But when you get a vision from God, your lips does not count. It is spirit to spirit. And in that dream, I was standing there and I knew I was like, why couldn't I shout hallelujah for Jesus? And the Holy Spirit convicted me days after that. He said, Israel, you're praising God with your lips, but your heart is far from him. And it will not be a good day when Jesus returns for those who praised him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. So I wake up that morning. I go to, um, to the office. The secretary calls me. She says, come look here. He has a photo of what happened last night in the nation Israel. I'm like, what's that? She shows me. She says, the moon and the sun came together and it became blood red. I was like, my God, I saw it in a dream. I saw it first. That's why this Bible is real to me. He first showed me things. Then I realized it's in the Bible. I said, what is this? I said, well, it's eclipse and it's God says through his prophets that you can times and seasons before he returns. So I first dream it. Then I go to the Bible. I start reading the Bible. In Acts chapter, you've got an Acts here, right? Book of Acts. Also New Testament. Also after Jesus died, rose from the dead, poured out his Holy Spirit. Remember when the Holy Spirit fell on the people? 3,000 people came. You know what was the fruit of when the Holy Spirit came? Fear, confusion, and mocking. Go read it. The Bible says some were confused because now they were speaking in tongues and they had fire on their heads and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, but. And they were speaking in tongues. And then they started mocking and saying, these guys are drunk. And then Peter stood up, which means he was down with the 11. And, uh, and then the Bible says he stood up and he said to the people, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 11 o'clock in the morning. I was like, yes, from Peter, he was not in South Africa. <laughs> and he stood up. He said, these are not drunk as you suppose. But this is what the prophet prophesied. That in the last days, from verse 17, Acts 2, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says, watch this. And then he says, on young men's maidservants, servants, he says, and they, old men will dream. I was like, my God, I had a dream. I didn't know. Job 33, Job 33, the Bible says, God lets a man, when he falls into a deep sleep on his bed, he opens his ears to instruct him to warn him and to protect him from the pit. Go read it. I thank Jesus that he came to me in a dream to say, you've got to get your heart right, my man, not your lips. And that's grace. Some will say it's a threat. No, you threaten your enemies. You warn your loved ones. If we truly love one another, we will warn each other. Because they are, you judging me? Define judgment. 
You're judging me. No, no, no. Like a guy came and said to me the other day, I was born like this, man. I said, yeah, that's why Jesus said you've got to become born again. And then he goes further and he says, did you, did you read it in Acts 2 verse, from verse 17? They shall dream dreams and see visions. And then the next one he says, and then the sun and the moon will come together. I said, my God, I dreamt it. I didn't know it was in the Bible. And then it will be the great and awesome day of the Lord's return. Yes. I freaked out. I was like, God first showed me the, in a dream. And then he showed me it's in the Bible. That's why I believe this Bible. That's why I trust this Bible. On the aeroplane back the other day from a country with uh, p- people on the aeroplane with di- a lot of different religions. One of the guys jumped up and started praying radically for this God of theirs. And everybody thought they're going to hijack the aeroplane. So one of their believers was sitting next to me from a different demon, not a God. And he said to me, don't worry, they're just radical. I said, oh. And he wanted to start persuading me about this God. Is that not lane? About this God, because i got to speak honestly. And I, I said to him, sir, uh, the Holy Spirit told me just one more time, Israel. I said, God, I've been in two weeks in a country where, where they persecute Christians. It's, t- it's two hours before we land. I mean, come on. Holy Spirit just said, just one more time, Israel. So I turned around irritated with a guy because he was talking about this God. I said, hey, sir, I'll ask you a question. This God, does he love people? Yes, he loves people. I said, then why does he say in his book, Kill the Christians. I'm a people. I'm a people. <laughs> but I'm a Christian. He turned around and he said to me, Have you never heard about radical love? I said, Radical love? He says, Radical love is when you will kill for your God. <gasps> the Holy Spirit hit me again because I'm not that wise. I said, Sir, you've got it totally wrong. Radical love. Radical love is not when you will kill for your God. Radical love is when your God comes down and kills himself so that we can love. That's radical love. Love key. That's Jesus. He looked at me. Went and stood there with those long beards at the back. They were all looking at me the whole time for two hours. I tell you when that plane's tires hit the tar. I had, I was never... So glad to see my mother at the airport ever. I ran. I ran. So I get this dream. And God starts stirring it up in my heart. That he's going to come back. And it becomes the reality of eternity. So when I go to the people. I want to tell you guys this. Maybe because it's a session for the lost. A heart for the lost. Listen to me. You can go medically, you can go, uh, you can go scientifically, or you can go biblically. Both of those three agree on one thing. There's a 100% death rate on earth. Everybody dies. And while I'm talking to you now, is another second closer to your death. And I've got to come tell you today that I've not seen a man that could pay for life on earth. 
I have not seen a man that had the power to live 300 years on earth in my generation. And it shocks me when I tell the youth and when we go out, I said, do you realize you're going to die? I didn't think of it. I said, now can I tell, oh my goodness. Can I tell you, can I, can I tell you, I said, can I tell you, because you see, you see we go to funerals. And, and we as preachers, we stand there and we're like, oh, rest in peace, Albert. I hope there's not an Albert here this morning. R- rest in peace. Rest in peace, Albert. Oh, man, he's in a better place now. Says who? So I wanted to find out from God, not man's opinion, because the Bible says in Jeremiah, cursed is the man who puts his trust in another man. But blessed is the man. No wonder King Solomon, who was the wisest man in his generation, he he built the temples for God. He had the silver and gold. Thank God that rule changed in the Bible. He had 900 wives. Don't have money for uh, 900 wives. He had everything going for himself. But he comes and writes his last letter in the book of Ecclesiastes, and he writes it on his deathbed. And he writes and he says, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. He says, it's all meaningless. He says, this is wisdom. Know your God before you die. What good is it? You gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. So I went on a journey where God took me to teach me. So I'm going to tell you today what God says. I've met Jesus. I know he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the munyaku. He's the door to God. I know that he's real because I've met him. And I'm praying today that if you've been guessing after the service, no more guessing. And I, I, people say, why do people fall over when you pray? I don't know, but I've got to be honest, I like it. Because when they stand up there, never the same. And it's not my power, not by might, nor by, but by the Spirit of the Lord. You know what hurts me? Is that Jesus, Luke, in Luke 16, you can read it from verse 19 onwards. Jesus comes. Now, this is in the eyes of Jesus. I'm going to tell you what Jesus says the word death means. Not what people. This is what stirred me up. Are you still with me? I'm going to finish off now just before you fall asleep. God, Jesus, help. So he has, he has Jesus in Luke 16. The Bible says how he was anointed, Acts 10, 38, where the Holy Spirit and power went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Even forget forgiving a prostitute in John 8. Oh my God. I remember when, when the people said, the law says stoner. And he got up and he said, anyone who has not yet sinned can stone. Do you think there was somebody there? Yes, Jesus. The Bible says he knew no sin. But he became our sin. And he picks up and says, I forgive you. And then he says, come up. Because a lot of preachers say, uh, uh, he forgave us sin. But you've got to finish the verse in context. He said, now go and sin no more. Because Jesus forgives, the Holy Spirit gives you power to live a holy life on earth. Go and sin no more. She went. 
that these people that come to say, oh, he's so nasty. So, I feel for you, brother. But I want to say to you that there's a Holy Ghost that can touch you, Amen. that can change you, that you don't have. He can supernaturally take away the desire for sin in your life, yes. give you a new heart. And there's Jesus in Luke 16. He's walking, healing people, casting out demons. And all of a sudden he turns around and he starts telling people a story, not a parable. There's a difference between a parable and when Jesus told a story. He said there were two men. Now you can go read it. I'm just going to go quickly with it, okay? He says there were two men. It was their time to die. He says, and when they died, the angels came and fetched their spirit, man. And left their body. Number one, Jesus says, the word death, don't stone me. This is Jesus' words. The word death, you don't go into a coffin and you stay there. He says the word death means separation of your body and your spirit. The Bible says, Jesus said you are, you are a spirit because you're formed in the image of God in a body. So this is not Israel. Inside is Israel. This is just my body. And the Bible says, Jesus said, when they died, their spirits were. The one man was taken to Abraham's bosom. Let's not get theological. I just want to say, call it the place where God's people are. Heaven, whatever you want to call it. The Bible says the other guy went to hell. The Bible says he was so tormented in hell. His tongue was on fire. He just wanted one drop of water. And almost became a brandewijn. That guy in eternity just wanted one drop of water. And he looked over into where God's resting place was for his people. And he saw Father Abraham who was dead 3,000 years ago. On earth his body was there, but he was with God now. And he said, Father Abraham, can you just send me one? Send that man just with one drop of water. My tongue is on fire and this place is tormenting. You know, you get an eternal body in eternal life. And it was full of flames. Have you ever felt burning and not dying? You feel the pain. You suffer. You get more thirsty. And people that have had near-death experiences that have gone to that place, they say, your thoughts, you think 100%. And the only thought you think about the whole time is, I will never get out of here again. Because Abraham said to that man, he said, there is no road here or a gulf. There's a gulf between us. There's no bridge here. You cannot come to us. We cannot come to you. Which means if you die and you get separated with your spirit, it's finished. The Bible says there is a day that you get born and a day that you die and then judgment. And that man was weeping. The next thought he had in his mind, Christians. The next thought he had in his mind when he heard he couldn't get out or get a glass of water or a drop of water. The next thought was, can you just go and warn my five brothers that are still on earth that they will repent so that they don't have to come to this place. No wonder Jesus spoke so many times about hell. And he wasn't doing it to threaten anybody. He was warning people. Out of love, he was saying, there is a place. Now, I believe that in Genesis, the Bible says, God made the heavens and the earth. Hell wasn't made yet. Until Satan sinned against God, then God had to make a place for Satan. Hell wasn't made for people. It was never God's intention to make hell for people. 
It was for Satan, but the Bible says we all fell short. We wanted to follow him. And you know what? Whoever you follow on earth is where you're going to end up in eternity. And you know when that man stood there and he said, they have, then Abraham told him, they have the prophets and the preachers and Moses. If they don't hear them, they won't hear his five brothers. That's when Jesus said, nobody comes back from earth, from eternal life to earth. It's, it's demons coming in the form of our ancestors because they are deceiving us. So there's no thing as ghosts. It's demons and the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen or I know it's getting serious. And when, when he said that, that man in hell shouted out, no, no. I wanted to know from Jesus. What made that man go to hell, Jesus? Tell me, Holy Spirit, I don't want to go there. Tell me, Lord, what makes that man in eternity? That was written 2,000 years ago, not a parable, a story. Do you know that that man is still there? I'm just here to blow your minds, not renew. Think. And the only thing that matters is to warn my people on earth. And I wanted to know what made that man go. Because the Bible says he was a rich man. But I see many rich men filled with the Holy Ghost. Many rich people. You can prosper. You can prosper. If God is on the throne, the rest is added. So it wasn't because he was rich. Was it the clothes that he wore? No. The Bible says, when Abraham said to him, they have the preachers, they have the prophets. What did the prophets say? They said, all have fallen short of the glory of God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, the savior of the world, that whoever believes in him, because he was going to carry our sin, the thing that was going to get up, get us into hell. The Bible says, the Bible says God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. That's what the preachers and the prophets, you know why that guy ended up there? He said no to the message of the prophets of a Messiah. If you reject Jesus, you will go to a place where you, because if you don't want Jesus, you say, I want nothing to do with him. You'll go to a place where he's not. Because the Bible says he's love. What's the opposite of love? You'll get that in hell. The Bible says he's a God of peace. If you don't have peace, what are you going to get? He said, he's the one that gives living water. You don't want Jesus, you won't have water. There's a place separated for those who reject Jesus. I'm going to finish up. The good news is that Jesus came to pay the price for eternity. See, many people follow Jesus for the blessings. But they don't get the foundation right. The foundation is eternal life first. Repent. What is repentance? Knowing that you're a sinner. You've messed up. And you're on your way to destruction. And that you need a savior. And his name is not Spider-Man or Superman. His name is Jesus. The one that rose from the dead. 
defeated. You know, I, when, I, when I started studying this, I was like, wow, Jesus. You know that Jesus, uh, just another thing, you know that death means separation of your body and your spirit, right? Who knows where Jesus was when, when his body was in the grave for three days? The Bible says he went to hell. You want to know why? Number one, he went to go fetch the keys from Satan. Number two, he had to go everywhere we were supposed to because he became our sin. So he went to hell for us so that we can go to heaven with him. Oh, some of you. Okay. Okay, sorry. I want to say this to you. One more testimony. This is why I believe so hard in it. I have a brother, 25 years old, six years ago. They mocked me when I came to salvation, when the Holy Spirit touched me. My, some of my family, some of my family members mocked me and laughed about me, to me. And then the one day I preached eternal life through Jesus Christ to my family and my younger brothers, the Kazakhstan, just here. I preached to my brother who's 25 years old. He walked out of the church rejecting Jesus. I prayed, Father, Ephesians 1 verse 17, will you reveal Jesus to my brother? Three weeks after that, my brother comes knocking on my door. I open the door, it's just and he's weeping. I said to him, what's wrong? What can I have? He says, Come to say, I'm sorry. He said, sorry about what? He says, sorry that I mocked you and laughed about this Jesus and your new life. I said, what happened to you? He said, half past three this morning. He says, Jesus came into my room. Watch this. He doesn't know the Bible. I asked him, what does he look like? He looked at me and he said to me, it's a bright light. You can't see him. I remember Paul in Acts 9 when he was on his horse, a bright light appeared to him. I said, oh. He said to me, but bro, it's not the way he looks like. He says, the presence he carried. He says, the love, the peace, the joy. He says, and the wanting to forgive me. I knew my brother had encountered. I said, what did Jesus say to you? He said, Jesus just said, that's enough for now. It's enough for now. And he went back to heaven. That afternoon, my mother phones me. What's wrong with your brother? We chat. He says, hey, what's, what's wrong with your brother? I said, mom, why? She says, he's changed. Don't tell me you met Jesus and there's no change. My brother got baptized as some of you need to get baptized today. Yes. Don't wait. It's just water. If it wasn't power, it's just water. What fear are you? Get in. My brother got baptized, got saved. We're sharing with people. And this is what I want to say. Listen up quickly. Three months later, I bury my brother. Not <gasps> hallelujah. I know where's my brother. I know where my brother is. His body is in the grave. So my mom did the the made the biggest mistake of her life. She asked me to do the funeral service. So I come running, I say to them, I hope you're not crying. I hope you're crying because you going to miss him. I hope you're not crying because you're not going to see him again. I preached at Pompeirstad the other day, Monday night. An old man came in front, said to me, young man, Piganin, I want to give my life to this Jesus. Monday night, the Saturday they phoned me, he's gone. 
dead. Now, I'm not preaching death over you. I'm just saying to you, it's going to happen. Two things might happen. Either Jesus is going to return or you're going to die. You can't escape anyone. The best is come today. Say to Jesus. And if you don't believe in him, come and say, Father, I challenge you. But then you've got to put on your seatbelt. He's coming. The Holy Spirit's going to confirm it. He's going to give you dreams and visions. My question is, church, I'll leave you with this. One of my heroes once said, the gospel has an eternal value, but we don't have eternity to preach it. We've only got our generation. If you're here this morning, because I was told I need to wrap it up, I've still got a lot to tell you, but if you're here this morning, and you're saying, Jesus, I need a passion for the lost, but don't come in front if you don't want it. Because if you want it, you'll be awake at night weeping for your family and your friends because that's the heart of the Holy Spirit. If you come in front today to say, I want the Holy Spirit, you must know the first thing that's going to happen. He's going to stir up. He's going to give you a fire. And if you are here this morning, and you've never given your life to Jesus. I've got to wrap this up quickly. You've never given your life to Jesus. You don't know if Jesus is coming back tonight. If you are here and there are still places in your heart that you need to fix and you've got to get it under the blood of Jesus, don't wait. Get here this morning because the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. If there's anybody here this morning, three things. You want to touch from the Holy Spirit. You want to get set on fire for Jesus. I ask the Holy Spirit to do that. If you know that there's some things in your heart you need to sort out, you don't know if you're going to make it tomorrow. I'm talking about unforgiveness, bitterness, all those things. And then number three, I'm asking for those who have never surrendered their lives to Jesus. You've never come in front. Forget about your friend now because nobody else can get you in heaven, my brother. Nobody else can get you in heaven, my sister. Don't worry about the person next to you. Uh, Everybody says, uh, uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't do that. Because if you cannot come in front of everybody showing them, you're not ready yet. If you're here this morning and you want any one of those three, please, would you rise up and just come in front? Just come. Just come. Come this morning. Don't wait. Stand up and come. Don't wait. Don't wait. Jesus, look at this, Father. Hallelujah, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father. Call him, help Asher. Listen, eternal life is out there. We've got to make right with Jesus. And I know some of you are going to say, wow, that was a hard preaching. That's love. Love is not kissy, kissy, mwah, mwah. That's eros. The agape love that the Bible speaks about. The agape, wow. The agape love that Jesus speaks about is the unconditional of father, son, and daughter love. And many of you, I love this love key. Many of you are saying, but I don't know what love is. The Holy Ghost is here. Romans 5 verse 5. The Bible says he pours out the love of God. He doesn't sprinkle it. He pours it out in the hearts of the people. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. I need somebody to help me here, please. I see the Spirit of God is already upon some people. Can somebody just come and help me? Because I don't, it might be that the Lord, just, just open your heart, okay? Don't worry about the floor. Omo can clear any dust. Just open your heart and say, Jesus, it doesn't have to be a falling over. It can also be. But just come to God and say, Lord, just touch me. I don't care how, but just touch me.
hello church family and anyone else listening right now at that point almost the whole congregation stood up and moved to the front and were eager to receive the holy spirit we're eager to repent we're eager to to get free from whatever it was that was holding them back and we saw a powerful move of holy spirit among the people uh, the children especially were impacted in a deep profound way and we are so excited about what God has come and deposited in our midst and we are trusting him for more of this as we move forward as a church so if you wondering what happened you can maybe watch on the online stream and see what happened there but to see more of this and to experience this for yourself the best thing would be to come and join us at church if you are at all uh, able to do so so just know that after that this, that invitation that um, Israel made there was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit and we thank God for that thank you so much for listening to our podcast we will catch up with you again next week God bless you thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.